Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports for February 25th, 2019. We got a jam-packed episode today. As always, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside my fabulous co-host, Dylan Beal and James Graham. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, buddy. Pretty good. I'm ready to talk about some esports. I really hope so, considering that's the whole reason we're here for an hour each week. But if you didn't already know, Project Esports is a weekly talk show podcast where we talk about the biggest news stories, topics in esports, whatever we're kind of feeling like. Today we got more Fortnite news, Project Overwatch, a podcast within a podcast, Hearthstone changes for some of the formats, and then Comcast's new big deal with SKT. But with all that, let's jump into the first story of the night. And I'm actually going to, yeah, let's start with Fortnite tonight. So I remember last year we talked about Fortnite was doing their big $100 million prize pool. And we thought that was game changing last year. And like, oh, my God, this is going to be like the first big battle royale. Like, remember talking about all that? I mean, like vaguely. Yeah, it feels like eight years ago. But yeah, I, remember. Was, I think it was like last just... May. We just, I was just looking at it beforehand. But Fortnite came out for year two. They're saying they're doing another $100 million, but this time it seems like it's going to be a lot more organized. Structured? Like, yeah. what, what, I guess whatever you want to call it. Last year it just seemed very out there. They did tournaments here and there. They're throwing prize pools, all that kind of stuff. But from Slash's Twitter account, he put out more of it. Uh, there's going to be over $100 million in prize money total including $1 million each week in online open qualifiers and then $30 million for the overall prize pool. Um, so pretty much what it is, starting in April 13th, going until June, each week there'll be a $1 million just kind of open for anyone that wants to do it online, on consoles, on PC, anything kind of like that. And then the top 100 solo players, the top 50 players, would then go to f- play in New York live um, for a $30 million, uh, prize pool with first place in the solo taking home $3 million alone. So, obviously, it's a little more structured. It's still not a league or anything like that, but Fortnite's taking that step to being more structured, and you see where the money's going. Obviously, at the end of this, that $100 million is pretty much going to be gone. Do you guys like this format a lot more? I mean, what do you kind of think about this organization? Is it still not get you that hype for uh, Fortnite esports? Like, after all this, what's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind? Dylan, you want to lead or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I'll lead. Okay, I'll lead. I got some. Okay. T- I got some thoughts. Uh, first thought: Fortnite resident sleeper. Um, that's the initial thing I think of because I don't know. There's just so many games out now. It's like Apex Legends is out, Call of Duty is out. Like, there's all these battle royale games that are out, and it's like, yeah, cool Fortnite. You did it. You, you did the esports, but like maybe it's a year too late to be to go into to the esports this big. I don't know. It just feels bad. Like I'm looking at Twitch right now, and it's like, yeah, they're number one on Twitch, but like most of it is just Ninja. Everyone's just watching Ninja. Yeah, and that's why they're not. I I, I would assume that's a big reason why they're number one. Because like the biggest thing you think about is if you took out the number one, would the viewers be distributed? I would. I mean, I'm not super big into the Fortnite community, so I can't say if these 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 people here are like big, um, big advocates for Fortnite and big Fortnite players. But like, I don't really think that's the case. As opposed to League of Legends, I'm looking at the top League of Legends streamers. Um, I think there's a tournament going on right now, the Omen by HP, or whatever that is. But like, you take that out, and you know, it goes to anybody. Like it goes to anyone in this top this this top ten very easily, mm-hmm. or even just a different streamer. 
and you look at Apex Legends, and I, that's a little bit different because it's a new game and everyone's playing it and stuff. But like, I get the same vibe. It's like, eh, I don't know. It just, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit. I, I feel like there's a, a big oversaturation of of battle royale games right now. So I don't know how to feel about being excited about one of them coming out with a big prize. So because at this, just kind of correction like, on that. It's, it's not any bigger of prize pool than last year. They gave away. $100 million in 2018 as well for the esports and competitive scene. This is just a different format of how they're doing it. It's not going bigger. They're just changing how they give it away. Okay, yeah. well, it's, it still stands that, yeah. like, eh, who cares? <laughs> I mean, because, like, for me, the big thing is, is, like, where, where's the marketing? Where's, like, where's the hype? Where's the buildup and stuff like that? Is it in the game? Probably, I'm imagining. But, like, three of us, and I'm sure the majority of the community, found out through Slasher. And if your your key marketing personality is a, is like a, like an esports personality slash reporter slash whatever the biggest influencer in esports according to I think is like his pin tweet um like that's how we're finding out whereas with like with Dota everybody knows with the inter, in, uh, the international everybody knows about that with Rainbow like Rainbow's promote Rainbow was insanely promoted um you know Worlds is insanely promoted MSI is promoted like I mean all these things are very very well done. But it, for me, for such a, for a company that's giving away so much money in their pro scene, which I mean, like it is like, don't get me wrong, like $100 million is a big flex. And yes, there is some oversaturation and stuff like that. Um, you would think that the delivery would be a little better as far as delivering it to the mass populace because they're like, oh, my God, $100 million. That's a lot of money. I want to get in on that. And like, I mean, but again, like you're finding it out through secondary sources and they're not like they're not like it's not seeping into other stuff like it seems these other major esports events do. Like, I mean, like, let's be real. Like, our la- like the last Worlds event had, like, one of the most popular music videos of, like, the year associated with it. Now you have this, which is, like, a, a significantly bigger prize pool than League of Legends by, a, like, by a landslide. But, like, I mean, the promotion is in this, like, three-paragraph little blurb that we found out through a third party. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that's just, that's lack of, exec- that's lack of proper execution. And I... That's my biggest. That's my biggest bone to pick with this, and that's why I like. I do like. We talked about it back in like what was it May last year, and I like. And it was an afterthought because I never saw it anywhere else. You know what I mean? Does Fortnite need to market in-game open tournaments? I mean, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people are still playing each and every day. They can tell all their friends to come back over. Like, hey, for this weekend, let's do the open tournament. I mean, that's going for. From April to June, it's going for a couple of months. And, like, first off, it's still over a month away before it even gets close to starting. So it's just being announced <laughs> earlier this week. It doesn't need to build up that hype. I'm sure that hype will grow, especially as it get close to the big tournament. I mean, Worlds isn't hyped up five months before it starts. The music videos and all that don't come out five months before it starts. It comes out a month or two in advance. I mean, this isn't happening next week. This is happening down the road i mean it's not happening till july 26 i, I don't want to do the math and get it wrong and have the number of months coming up be wrong but i'm saying that's so far away i mean that's msi that'd be saying why isn't league of legends advertising for msi right now james so i i, I agree with what you're trying to say there but i don't think that no advertising right now is end of the world they're changing up the format they're announcing it and the people that are going to be uh participating in this probably saw it in game the day when it was announced when they patched it in and because those are the people that are still playing right now that are going to be the majority of people competing in this my big thing oh sorry go on i want before i move on to the next point what do you guys have to say i was going to say 
I actually agree with you, Andrew. Rare <laughs> moment in Project Esports of where I don't side against Andrew. But yeah, that totally makes sense. 100%, I, I am on board with the, it doesn't matter that they're not advertising it super heavily right now. Do you totally know, and my, my, my only counterpoint, I guess, that, because you're right, like, I mean, like, why bother, like, you know, hyping up, like, in-game tournaments that are, like, months away, right? Um, do you think that they should be doing a better job, especially with Apex being so dominant right now? Like, do we think this is going to, like, do we think this isn't going to be a major competitor for them? Because, I mean, we're kind of seeing them blow them out of the water and going back to the streaming. No, like, we're streaming seeing them blow like them out that. of the water in terms of streaming. Apex still is not, I mean, True. sure, Apex hasn't been out that long, but it's not even close to the amount of players that have played. I mean, Fortnite, I don't even know how many hundreds of millions of people have played that game. I mean, Apex hasn't even crossed that number, like hundreds of millions. Are we at that like that range of like hundreds of millions of players? For Fortnite, I think it's at least one hundred million. Is at least one hundred million total unique players. players. Apex hasn't even crossed fifty yet. I mean, Apex isn't even close to side of it. They're still extremely Mm -hmm. different. If anything, Apex kills PUBG and um, yeah, blackout blackout and stuff like that. Fortnite is going to be fine. The only reason we think. Apex is killing Fortnite is because of Twitch. That's the only thing there. And we're seeing right now in the big day when the big streamers aren't playing, Apex is number, I mean, Apex is a number one. The big streamers are there. And that's kind of the next one I want to get. Because whoever the solo champion is, is getting $300 million in prize pool. That doesn't include any of the prizes that they probably won on the upcoming weeks leading up to the final tournament, which means whoever wins this tournament will be in the top 10 highest earners in esports in history. All 20 of the top 20 right now are from Dota. There will be at least several people probably in that top 20 because of Fortnite this year alone. And a lot of those sure are from one tournament from internationals. What I'm saying is that I think this anything will be a big resurgence because this is enough money to get the big streamers to come and compete in the tournaments. It used to be in a way that it wasn't worth streamers' time. Whatever, fifty thousand dollars this weekend, I'll make that on Twitch subs or donations in a couple of days rather than flying out. Three million dollars is still a lot of money, even to the biggest streamers, to Ninja, to Courage, to Drizzy, all those big players that are playing Apex right now, where the views are. So I think it's not only big enough to get the streamers to come, but it's also like esports changing in terms of the money they're giving away to one person. So I'm on board with all of this. I mean, I'm st- I've kind of fallen off of Fortnite, but I think this is the right way to do it to get people to come back, at least on the extremely competitive side, especially the big names, which is the most important thing you need to not feel like it's dying and to get people back interested in the game. Yeah, you're you're, you're like I mean, you're probably right. I just I'm curious to see like what what like that player base or like what the what the events attract because we yeah we do have like very dominant personalities who are very very good at the game, but. I find, like, even they've been edged out by, like, some of the guys who are lesser known and they're more mechanically gifted, you know what I mean? So, I'm excited to see, like, what that brings out. But, again, that might be another good thing of the research is because players who are mechanically gifted but aren't, like, you know, they don't have, like, big player bases or they're not, like, a personality or something like that, they end up beating these guys. Like, I mean, that could be good for the scene or it could be bad because, I mean, I don't know. I I saw, like, a lot of negative... uh, Like, negative, like, uh, commentary, I guess, around, like, Ninja losing... A couple times, like last year and stuff like that, it clearly didn't hurt his numbers that much. But like, I'm just curious to see how that affects the game in one way or another because it is it's 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 a rare case where a game is so highly driven. Maybe not to this point, but it, it, like a lot of its momentum is based around one one character. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
But I think it doesn't start till April. We'll see what changes come. We'll see who's going to confirm to kind of being in all that kind of stuff. But I think for now, we put a pin in this, come back to this as it starts to be more relevant because sure, it was announced this week, but there'll be more information. They'll do the marketing and all that kind of stuff you're talking about later in March and April and all that kind of stuff. So what I want to move on to is our favorite podcast within a podcast project, Overwatch, where each and every week we find how someone will find a way to talk about Overwatch inside a generic esports podcast. And I think the big thing we all want to talk about besides the Valiant doing bad, Florida somehow winning a game, is the most important story that Washington Justice is still 20 ranked overall. I, I know. I'm kidding. Oh, wait a second. Okay. Oh, they no. did really well against London Spitfire, who was the champions, the world champions, the best team, and they went 2-3. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, but we we beat the team that beat them, so that makes us better than not only. Well, what, I, not everyone only agrees you're better than Washington at this point. Okay. Valiant's a week Maybe away from being a number twenty though, too, us. so I can't talk much. Us, and then we'll see. But the real thing we want to talk about is Shanghai, after in their forty third game ever, finally got their first win, and holy crap, is that my new favorite esports moment ever? Like. In everything I've been a part of, I was in a watch party with 10 other people. We were all screaming. A couple of them were crying. Like, Twitter blew up. It was trending globally. This is not only the biggest esports moment I've ever been in front of, but to see how much the community came around, how all of esports came around, and cheer for Shanghai to kind of pull this off, I think is one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I just it's something we had to talk about because it was such a meme we talked about last year. And that's sure, they're a different team from last year. And it was only the third game of this season that it took them to win. It took them less games than the Valiant to get a win. Valiant's 0-3. So, I mean, did you guys watch it live? Like, what what did kind of your reaction go? Like, not too much talk about it. Like, it's just the curse is finally lifted. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, it's good. I mean, it's good to not have a team that's, like, consistently losing for so long. Um, I'm ready for this new chapter to go through and for the narrative to shift off of never winning a game to like the, the new thing of like never winning a championship. I'm very excited for that narrative to switch over and hopefully um, Overwatch League and some of these uh, franchises continue past that because those are always interesting because um, my friend who is a Cubs fan always had like a ton of stories about that, like his team never winning. And yeah, stuff. the hundred, the hundred years. Yeah, I remember that. That was a big deal yeah. too. When I'm, I'm from, I went to school in that area, so everyone freaked out that night too. Yeah, so it'd be very interesting to see how that kind of swaps over, and if maybe a team is gonna is gonna do that poorly Washington anymore, Justice. or if all the skill levels are kind of starting to get squished up together, which I think they are because we were talking about this just on our Slack together that like. It's so hard to tell rankings right now because like people are winning against each other and like it's like a circular win of like where one person beats one person and another beats another and then person like C beat person A. But it's so it's hard to do rankings. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the skill level finally squishing. It's not even that. It's 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 the meta as well with goats kind of being its various. Some of the really skilled teams in next stage. The rankings will be totally different if we finally get out of the Ghost Meta once DPS comes back. Because right now, we're seeing some of the best players in the world stuck on. They're not their main character. That's sure they've been practicing, but this isn't 
the full potential and that the skill gap in such some of the DPSs where the biggest skill gap is in the game isn't being able to be used. So that's why we see the Spitfire struggling so much. They are horrible yeah. um, GOATS team. But stage two, when it's not GOATS, they'll be up there back in the top three. Like, So that's another thing, too, is because in GOATS, how it works is pretty much if you lose one character because it's a mirror comp most times if you lose one character the other team's automatically going to win pretty much because of how it works there's exceptions there's those out amazing outplays but the most time if you're 5v6 you automatically lose that fight and you try to run away and regroup so it's very yeah. lucky not in a way it's it's still very skilled but it's like whichever team gets that first pick wins a fight and either team can kill one person on another team which is why it's so crazy and yeah power rankings are useless i've seen jokes about People rolling D20s for their rankings and stuff kind of like that because it is just that so who knows except for, yeah, it's it's been fun to watch. Well, so I did enjoy this whole weekend of Overwatch a lot more. I'm kind of getting burned out of Game 5s. These are all going to Game 5s. But some of the upsets and some of that have been really fun this weekend. My big, my big bone to pick with the Shanghai uh, uh, win after 43 losses um, or no, the 43rd game is their, is their win, correct? Yeah, yeah, 42 losses. Um, is that it's kind of shrouded in controversy. It's, clear, it's clearly being overlooked. It's, it's significantly being overlooked with the fact they broke the record. But a lot of people seem to forget that Boston was notified like minutes, very, very sh- minutes, minutes before going on stage that Fusions wasn't allowed to play and that there was issues with his like his status as a two way player. And they basically ripped him out of the roster, which made Axion have to come in. Was and I mean, not like, good. these are oh. who is it? Well, in comparison to Fusions, who is like one of the hottest tanks out there right now, like he is a shining light in the Boston in the, in the Boston uh, in the Boston lineup. And for you to uh, like take him out minutes before the game, that throws off mental like incredibly. Like I mean, and like I think that definitely played into it. Now again, I don't want to I don't want to totally like you know crap on Shanghai. They like I mean they got their victory, they earned their victory. This is. You know, it's a professional sport. I mean, yeah, stuff. I mean, like, they still lost three to one. I mean, one player can make yeah. a big difference, but still, Shanghai looked like they're going to do that. And another thing to kind of bring up with that is that Elk for Philadelphia Fusion is another two-way contract player right now. And when all that was going yeah. down, he's like, wait, do I only have one game left two now? Because of that, what was yeah, kind of exactly. going on, they were a game behind, so... No, even the other two ways players don't know about it. Like, no one seems to really know about this rule. And even the article, like the official statement that they put out, didn't really answer why Fusions couldn't play. So there's still confusion about that. It sounds like they're reworking contracts right now to try to do with that because Fusion is going to play mainly Overwatch this year because of how skilled he is. But it just seemed weird. Sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. This whole thing is just creating a bunch of confusions. Stop it. Sit that. You've been waiting for that for way too long. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. But yeah, no. So, like, I mean, I love to see. I, I love Gamsu. I lo- I've loved Gamsu since I watched him on Fanatic back when he played a different game entirely. So, I mean, very happy to see him. But yeah, like, again, this is bleeding over into other teams. Like, I mean, Elk specifically being the other one, right? Who, 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 who lost with Philly to what team? What team, boys? What team, what team beat them? He actually can hold it over us. His team has a win as an R dog. I cannot believe. I can't believe it. I didn't yeah. think I'd which, ever be in the spot. Team, which team beat Philly, guys? Come on, let me hear you say it. Let me hear you say it. Wait till Valiant and Florida. Florida McDonald's, dude. <laughs> That's what I'll say. 
But no, like I mean, like I, but I mean, we turned around and lost to Chengdu the next day. So I mean, like, what? How much can I say, right? So yeah. But yeah, anything else it's you want to kind of touch about on the Overwatch I weekend? I do. Uh, something I noticed very interesting from uh, the Spark actually was their their social media. So mm. you know, Spark being known for their very interesting colors, um, colors that I think all of us here definitely love. Uh, they have an, an amazing graphics person, actually. Like, very oh, good. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So there's always, like, um, a game uh, graphic. So yeah. they were playing against, I think it was Outlaws, Outlaws yeah. right? Yeah, they're playing against Outlaws, and it was, like, them with the... They each had their own six their, shooter their, and stuff like that. Guns, but like... it was also the Outlaws, with like but drawn and stuff. And, like, they played against Spitfire, and it was, like, a like a shoot-em-up, like, top-down. And, like, the, the plane game. The plane. Yeah. But also, when it, like... They haven't been doing so well, but they still release a graphic. Yeah, they have one for winning and losing. Yeah, and they're like, oh, better luck next time. And it's them blowing up in like the the Spitfire plane, um, shooting them up and stuff. And so I think that's really interesting. And it's I think it's it's really awesome to see on social media. Uh, The other thing is that whenever they advertise their games, they're actually advertising on Billy Billy rather than, you know, tune into Twitch, uh, you know, slash Overwatch League. It's always, hey, check us out on Billy Billy. Which I mean, obviously, they own the the streaming company, so like it makes sense. Why wouldn't sense. they? Yeah, why wouldn't they? But it, it, the other interesting thing is that like this means like oh, I guess that's where maybe a lot of uh, Chinese viewers are viewing it on. Maybe they're watching on Billy Billy. Um, maybe they're not really watching on Twitch. You know, it's, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, just to kind of just kind of build on that really quick before we before we move on, um, is that the opening weekend because there was a two of the Chinese teams went head to head. Um, the spike for viewership, and again, like these numbers are always a little inflated, especially when you incor- incorporate a populace that nobody can really effectively track. Um, apparently, it shot to like 1.5 million like viewers because two Chinese teams went against it. Of course, you don't see it on Twitch, but you would see it on like as we talked about, I believe it was last week about all the the different streaming yeah. platforms that China uses. Like once there's you like three of them, there's like three of them exactly, right? Once you combine all of them, it shot the viewership up insanely. So I mean, the Chinese teams for the Overwatch League are nothing but good. Like I mean, even if they're not winning like not, not all of them are winning like i mean their, their graphics are phenomenal even like the chengdu hunters have some some pretty like adorable graphics too right like they re- they really embrace their their like their uh their like logo and their mascot and all the good stuff so yeah no nothing but good god i love overwatch that's all i have to say after watching so much of it i mean getting the point of almost a little burnout when you watch every single game both weekends but i i already miss it and i can't wait for thursday but with that, let's kind of end our little Project Explore, uh, Project Overwatch, our podcast within a podcast, and move over and talk a little bit about League of Legends. I feel like it's been a while. We really haven't talked about it too much since opening weekend for the LCS, but we got drama, I guess is the best way to kind of say what's going on over <laughs> in Russia for the LCL. So what, what's kind of going on over there? Yeah, so, okay, so... Pre- I'm going to bring you back on a bit of a, a, bit of a history lesson. Well, oh, you know, boy. through the uh, before the before the ancient times um, in League of Legends, um, before it became as popular as it was, there was a team once upon a time called the Sirens. The Sirens were an all-female team. They were very hyped up as like an advertising thing to um, you know basically promote like an all all women's team. Um, unfortunately, they crashed and burned. They did not do well. Um, they were they're high elo players um, as far as like the games considered, but. Once you get into a competitive, like, I believe a lot of them was, uh, like, personalities and stuff like that. And a lot of them didn't play the role they got assigned to. 
We are now seeing this over in the LCL with Bay Victus Gaming. Um, they fielded a, a all women's team. So all these they teams. changed their roster to an all female they team. They had yes, a yes. regular so, so, yeah. um, an all male roster that they then dropped and found an all female roster. Go on, but yes. So they basically they qualified with the with the roster of like higher elo players, dropped them all entirely, brought in an entire team of of women players who all play support. And, this, and we're isn't, this isn't like a, this is and they're low diamond. They're low diamond. This isn't a meme. This isn't me being you know shitty. Um, this is this legitimate facts that all these players are fully open about. They're fully open about. It. They're like, yeah, we're we're all support players, and they range from D four I think to D two or something like that. And they're going against challenger teams because that's the it's the highest competitive format in uh, in Russia. So recently, um, when they started playing against Rocks Gaming. Um, Rocks banned all support champs. They banned all of them, and that was it. And I mean, you can clearly see on the on like the on the Twitch clips when they were still around because the clips have since been removed by Riot Russia. Um, that the Vay Victus team is like laughing their ass off too because they they know it, they embrace it, right? They they uh, so and they of course lost. Um, and then it goes. They played. Then they went to go play the Vegas squadron. Um, who basically, for lack of a better word, like played with their food. Um, the kill, the kill lead was I think it was fifty-two to two. Was like fifty-two to two. That doesn't. That should never happen in a competitive setting. But because Vayvik is fielded a team that is so not doesn't gender doesn't matter. You put you put four or five males who are that low of rank against challenger teams. They're going to perform just as poorly. They, it's, you're going to get the same result, especially if they're all support mains. That's what happens. So. As kind of a uh, so both those teams got fined. Rocks and Vega both got fined because of this, because of poor sportsmanship and uh, and stuff. Then like they, that. they're almost they, even saying sexism and misogyny. They, they're kind of the saying that like, you're doing the, this because it's all yeah. women thing. That's why you're banning all support champions and winning fifty two to two. They're pretty much saying like you guys are being sexist after their whole sexist company kind of reveal a couple <laughs> months ago. Well, that was just it, right? So they, yeah, they did that. And even, so, and a big thing is too, is that the Vayvectus players are like outward about being like, like you guys shouldn't find them. Like Vayvectus also agreed. Like they understand why they're banning them because they're all, they're all support players. Why wouldn't you ban them, right? Um, so you, like, so Vayvectus management is getting a lot of heat because of this, because they're doing this. They're kind of setting these players up to fail, despite the fact, but a lot of them took it because they're like, why not? Like, I mean, I'm getting paid to play this game professionally, right? It doesn't matter if I lose every game, I'm still getting paid, right? Um, it, and it gets interesting where, uh, I'm going to call, I'm going to refer to them as DZM cause I'm going to butcher their, uh, butcher the pronunciation of their team and, um, elements pro gaming, um, basically as an FU to the riot Russia management, they banned 10 support champions, two teams completely unrelated to this incident banned 10 support champions. The only two champions left up for supports, um, that are like mainstream are thresh and pike. And that was it. And everybody was losing their minds because there's like, this was, you know, these are two teams who are totally unrelated to the incident. Recognize how ridiculous it is that these teams are getting fined and stuff like that. Um, that we're just like, no, we're going to do it too. What are you going to do to us? So I've yet to see if there's been any ruling on that. I've yet to see if there's any been any follow up because of that. But this is the state of Riot Russia right now. It's kind of a mess. It's kind of a gong show. There was a controversy a couple of years back with Liquid as well. Um, a very a very vocal player from Alice Knox Luna who had a crazy crazy world's run. Um, they were infamously known for like their uh, unorthodox. They were very much a uh, a gigabyte marines. Like they were very like very fun to watch, very flashy. But like I mean, at the end of it, fundamentally they just got beat out. But he also got banned, and 
forced him into retirement as yeah. well. So White Rush is kind of a mess right now. It's kind of a gonk show. I so love. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. All of this. They this up? have confirmed that this is just a marketing thing. They signed these five girls as a purely marketing and PR job. I'm that it says everybody in the front of the article. First off, we're reading uh we're kind of summarizing the VP Esports article um over there. Um it's called Riot um what's that what's our name of the article? Um LCS L- LCL teams, teams are, are taking the piss on Riot Russia and roughly so. So do give them a click cuz we are kind of summarizing a lot of what they've been saying. So make sure to go over and do that. But yeah, I mean they they're pretty open that yeah, we dropped the other team and we just want to get publicity and we want to be known and they don't care about how they get out of this and i don't blame either teams there's been a ton of backlash and even some people are i mean does this mess with the competitive integrity of the lcl yes am i a marketing guy that loves this kind of stuff and is this the only reason we probably ever talk about the lcl yes i mean it's a region that no one thinks what i forget russia has its own region I mean, like, it doesn't get the publicity like any of the other major regions. Here we're talking about it. Sure, I think Riot Russia took this the wrong way. But I remember even, like, the all-support bands, the 52-2. I remember seeing both those on my timelines. I haven't seen anything about the LCL ever. I still don't remember them being a region. So I think if Riot Russia wouldn't have butchered this and kind of made assumptions of why they're doing this, it's because they're four diamond players. That's like me going into the LCL. Five, five diamond players. Five teams, I'm sorry. I want to lose yeah. 52 to two. I'd lose 52 to one, maybe zero. I don't think I'd even get a kill against any of these players. So I, I think Russia, I took it too far. The team stunt I love because it is getting them talking about a region. We never, ever talk about. See for a lot of like, a lot of like legal legends, old dogs, like, like we always remember LCL because you all, we, we all know Gambit. <clears throat> yeah. But like, that's it. They're like the shining light into there. But anyways, sorry, don't go ahead, man. Yeah, so um, I have a couple thoughts on this. Um, I'm not actually not 100% on board with what you guys are saying, 100%. Um, so I do agree the that they evict this. That's, like, kind of weird and kind of dumb of them to just, like, field diamond players, like, for publicity. Um, I think that inherently just kind of creates um, another just, like, bad tick mark for, like, an all- um, women's esports team, and like that's just kind of shitty. Like to, to put that out there for like negative reasons, like that the, they would do that for negative reasons because there would only be backlash for this. I don't see how fielding a, a team full of diamond players would be, you know. A good I don't idea think they purposely did it for diamond players. It's just the only f- women that wanted to sign. <clears throat> yeah, but like inherently, if you do that, it's going to create just like a worse environment yeah. now. Like, because now, like, what if we have, like, uh, you know, a highly skilled all-women esports team that come up, they're all challenger rank or whatever. The first thing people are going to think of is, is like this. This is the first thing people are going to yeah. think of. And it's, and it's bad. And, like, I understand why the one-team band supports. That kind that kind of makes sense because they're all support players. That totally makes sense. Um, and I, it, admittedly, when you read that, it does seem like kind of a heinous yeah. act at first yeah. um, just because of, like, all the stuff we know about, like, League of Legends, MOBA, and Toxicity. But the second game, I do feel like that's pretty BM because I feel like normal, fifty-two to two thing. Yeah, normally when you play, you don't mess around. Like yes, but I game. think they did that because of the skill difference. 
That's, I mean... No, 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 no. Even if there was a skill difference, you don't mess around in games like that. You would just go, you'd beat them, and be done with it. You wouldn't sit there, and you wouldn't... I mean, they still won in under 30 minutes. That's still about the average length of a game. They didn't even extend the game. They did that in a normal game length. A normal game length for two people who, like, are on skill with each other. Not a normal one of where the... the, It's, like, the skill difference between, like, a professional team like this and Diamond... It's so great that you could you could just they could easily just go through and just win. Like it wouldn't they could have won issue, in fifteen but minutes, like, probably. But yeah, they could have, and and I and I think they should have. I mean, that's that's what a professional team really should do. I mean, this is this is like the Georgia Tech Cumberland game of where it was like two hundred and twenty two to zero. <laughs> like they did it just to fuck with the other team. Yeah, like this 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 like they could have just won quickly. They could have just did it and and won quickly. And like like arguably the first one they could have like just did like meta bands because it didn't matter anyway. Like you can't yeah. play it. You can't play a full support roster against someone like you no. can't, you can't reasonably play a five ro- uh, support team and win. Yeah. Okay. Just to, yeah. just to kind of back up a couple of Dylan's points. So he may, he may like, I totally agree because what, what team did I reference as soon as we brought this article up the last all female roster, which was the sirens, right? Like, so you're going to get this continuing, this continuing, like, you know, stigma of all female rosters. Because they're a lot of them are set up to fail, you know what I mean? Because like the, a lot of like there is high. Don't get me wrong, there is high elo players that are women. Like that, they they exist. There there's there's a lot of one tricks and stuff like that that are around and stuff like that. But yeah, so like the rocks one, the rocks one, I do agree with the Vegas squadron one. You look at the gold difference; it's forty k gold difference. That doesn't happen unless you're unless you're doing it on purpose. It's 31 minutes and 37 seconds is when the Nexus blew up, or just around there. Um, there was four dragons taken, and they—I'm assuming they took Baron. They must have taken Baron. Like, I mean, we've watched professional games against teams that are considered evenly matched end in 20 minutes to 25 minutes. This, this was a uh, this was disrespect. This is what that was. There's no—I can't really cut it anyway. The only thing I think is is that you would—I think Vegas Squadron would get the same backlash they would. If it was an all male roster, it wouldn't matter. They they literally just took a team that didn't deserve to be there and beat them around and basically reassured the like you do not belong here, right? Um, I think it's just I think it's just added on controversy because it's an all women's roster. None of them play that role. All that stuff. Like there's a bunch of uh, attributing factors. Plus, you get to see the toxicity of the League of Legends environment, which was the Reddit pages following this. It was a mess. It was a I I linked it in our Slack. That initially you have some civil conversation happening, basically about what Rocks and Wood Vega were doing and like what it was bad. And then you get into everybody talking about women who play league professionally or play women who play at high elo. And they were even ripping on Shanghai. They were like Shanghai got roped in this conversation because they have good Guri, right? Like, I mean, in which, uh, like, that's where I was like, okay, all right, boys, pack it up, shut her down, get the mods in here because like this, it's ridiculous, right? Like, you get to see the gamer environment because of incidents like this and it's and it's an atrocity yeah and i mean overall i think i'm just upset at every party involved the most yeah. um i'm upset at like basically all the teams like Vivek that shouldn't have done this it's, it's it like fielding all diamonds is such a dumb move i yeah and, and it's so stupid and especially for doing for publicity like fuck off like honestly Vivek, this like fuck off like if you're gonna do that and the other two teams like you wouldn't do this if it's an all male team and you were professional athletes. You would just go in there, you would win the game and have it be over with. Like if someone came up to me and they were like, "Hey, I've never played fighting games before. We're gonna play for a hundred dollars. 
I wouldn't meme around. I go, okay, let's just do it. Like, okay, give me the free hundred bucks. Like, I would just take the W and just go with it. And like, and and like, Riot Russia also like did this in, in weird ways too. Like, I don't know, they they blew it up in a weird way of where like it got so much traction now that like the the, the terrible parts about Reddit are just like turning up and like you're having this like terrible conversation of things that don't need to be talked about because like the only things being talked about are the negative aspects of this and it's creating another toxic environment and it's 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 bad it's the the whole situation is terrible and it sucks yeah i hate that we have to keep talking about this (laughs) well i think that's our cue to move on to the next topic then since there's not really too much more to really say on that but I'm going to hand it over to Dylan. So I mentioned kind of the top of the show. We're going to be talking about Hearthstone a little bit. This is actually one of the few articles I actually know nothing about. So I'm kind of curious to see what's kind of going on over here. All right. Well, I'm upset already. So oh, let me boy. just go into this where I'm also upset. Uh, so Hearthstone is taking on a new format. Uh, so before they had the Conquest format of where essentially it was you bring three decks and you have to win with each of the decks. Um, if you win... The, the deck is basically locked out and you have to win with your other two decks. So it's a best of, I don't know. Uh, five? five? Yeah. Five? He's yeah, one team with three. Yeah, best of five. Yeah, so it's a best of five. It was a best of five. And it was a little weird, but like, yeah, people can go with it, I guess. Like people are, we're, we're fairly down for it. But there's now going to be a new format for like, this is going to be the standard format for Hearthstone and, Hearthstone already has a bunch of issues. We've been talking about it, you know, for the past couple months that like it's just not in a great place. And I think this just adds on to it because I feel like most people don't agree with this change. So how this is going to work, it's called specialist format. And so players are going to have three decks still. It's going to be primary, primary, secondary, and tertiary. Both players start the match with their primary decks. And then after each round, they have the option of switching to their second or tertiary deck. The catch, however, is that the secondary and tertiary decks both have to share at least 25 cards with the primary deck, and all three decks have to be the same class. Now, the best way to describe this to people who pretty much know what, uh, like, uh, like how competitive card games work is this is just like a weird way of sideboarding. It's a very weird way of sideboarding because how you would do it, I, normally how you would do this is you would have a standard meta deck say um oh man i'm so out of the meta i don't even know uh let's just say an aggro deck right you would bring an aggro deck and you know it'd be the standard aggro deck now your secondary might be an aggro deck that has cards in it that tech well against control decks so that you can win easily against control decks and your tertiary deck would maybe have cards that are good against combo decks so that way, if you go up against a combo deck and you won't normally win with the aggro deck, you would switch over to your tertiary, which is better against combo, even though it's still the same aggro deck and it's still having the 25 out of 40 cards, I think, or 30. It's like uh, 40 or 30. I just looked it up. Um, so sorry for not knowing this, but like Hearthstone decks aren't too big. Um, they're 30, yeah. They're, they're 30. Yeah, they're, they're 30. Wait, so there's so just five card differences? It's five card, which normally for uh, something that's just like a like a sideboard, it's totally fine because those five are super super relevant because that's one in six chance of drawing one of your new cards. Exactly, that's, that's a pretty high chance. Uh, like most likely, you would get it like on an opening hand or something. Um, so this is just a weird way of sideboarding. Now the weird part about it is that like Hearthstone doesn't feel like Magic though. 
Or the sideboard's like a core. core or the side, yeah, the sideboard is a core part of it. And it doesn't feel that way because it's not because so magic, you go to a tournament with a deck and a sideboard and they don't change throughout the whole tournament. And you just go and you and, and a lot of times people are like specialists with certain types of decks. And, you know, that's fine. But Hearthstone, the interesting thing is people brought the meta decks because typically there's like three decks that are the best. Usually it's usually that three decks are the best. Sometimes you have some flex spots. And so you have some like uh, interesting decks come up uh, into tournaments. But for the most part, it's like some standard stuff that you're going to be picking from. I think the interesting thing with Hearthstone is that you have people bringing three decks and they have to win with all three and three of them could be very different. They could be combo, aggro, and like a control deck. And I think that's the interesting thing about Hearthstone. I don't feel like this format's very interesting, especially considering that you can't practice on ladder like this at all. Like you can't practice sideboarding at all. Like even Magic who, you know, the Magic community is like, up in arms against like uh like magic arena because you know um it feels like they're de-emphasizing the best of three in the sideboard but you can still do sideboard like you well, can still do it yeah um, you, you and i talked about this and how magic arena is so good for pros because you can get reps with your meadow decks very easily yeah Hearthstone's like doing the exact opposite we're like no you're never going to be able to practice with stuff you're taking at tournaments yeah, and so this you you can't practice with your like sec like technically you can practice with your secondary deck, but if your secondary deck is like more of a response to like coming up against that a deck that you won't normally beat, there's no reason to switch. Yeah. So it just makes practice a lot harder. It's really weird. It just like kind of goes against what Hearthstone is normally like. Um, I don't know. I just I don't really care for it that much. I understand what they were doing. I totally understand it. And like when I read through, I was like, oh no, they're they're just trying to do sideboarding. Um, but they're doing it in a weird way and like a non-Hearthstone way. Because Hearthstone is a magic. Just make it its own thing and make it a good version of its own thing. And That's people are gonna play it. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, our, like Hearthstone always had the RNG factor where you didn't see that in magic, right? Like that was Hearthstone's big thing. And now trying to make it so much like something like I don't know, do you think this is like you think this is them feeling pressured from Magic doing so well and taking off again, and Hearthstone kind of like tanking at the same time? Do you think that this is almost like a response to it? He, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of them just feeling the pressure from their own community of not being so great. Um, this is coming up on the heels of them starting up uh, Hearthstone Masters Tour, which is like their new competitive format. And I heard some 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 journalists are bringing up that it's more accessible because like. The thing with Hearthstone is it's kind of hard to make all the decks. And so it's like, okay, well, making three meta decks is, like, kind of hard to do. But, like, if you're at that level of where you're, like, a top player, you could probably grind out your decks. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably grind out your decks, or you can probably shit out a little bit of money if you're at the top level and you really need to grind games out. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's very many cases of players who are showing up to tournaments going... Oh, I was going to go into this tournament where I probably would have top eighted, but eh, I just didn't have the, the the cards in my collection. I don't think that's ever a case, and so I don't know. I just don't. I don't really like it. I think it's kind of lame. Um, I do not have very much uh, very much confidence in Hearthstone going forward. And this was me being a huge proponent of Hearthstone when it first came out. In the first two or three years, I was super into Even it. Even last year, you're all for. <laughs> yeah, and I just I don't know. It feels bad. Uh, it feels bad to see a game that you really like make dumb decisions. Um, but you know what? I was a StarCraft player and a Street Fighter player, so I'm used to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it used to be in herd. <laughs> yeah, it feels bad. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, for me, like, I mean, this is just like, a, this is one step in the direction of just being obsolete. Like, I mean, like, 
I was I was big. I, I mean, I drank the Hearthstone Kool-Aid, Hearthstone Kool-Aid too. Like, I mean, like a card game that is based around one of my favorite franchises of all time. Hell yeah. But the execution's just getting worse and worse. And I mean, like, yeah, why incorporate a sideboard in a game that's totally RNG? And like with a format that wasn't broken. Conquest wasn't a broken format to I think the spectator, to the most like the most common the most common people who went and went and took. Because I like, I mean, for me, I could go in and watch it and be like, okay, like I understand what X, Y, and Z decks do. That makes sense. Right. And now he's like, and you like you could get bands and stuff like that, which is cool, right? Like, I mean, you like some guys are like a really prominent like player in like like a warrior deck or something like that, where you ban that out and you get to see him trying to adapt. But with this, it's just like, okay, it's making it a little more confusing for the common viewer. Um, like, I mean, which Hearthstone is a far more simplistic game than Magic. Let's let's be real. Like, I mean, as far as like watching it and playing and stuff like that, like you don't have to worry about like finding lands. You just get mana and it's just you play your cards, right? So I think they're overcomplicating something that's getting, I don't know, that's already dying, and it's just I don't think it's going to help at all. And I wouldn't even say it's like overcomplicating it. I mean, I, I guess it takes some getting used to, but like yeah. the weird thing is like Hearthstone also like, yeah, it has like some meta decks, but like a lot of times, like there is a best deck. Like you can look at the win stats and a lot of times there's like one deck where you're like, mm, if I want to be consistent, I should probably bring that. And so like, I'm super worried about, you know, a tournament of where everyone just brings the same deck. Everyone has like I know there's gonna be that that the couple people who are like, oh, I'll just you know try to you know like bring a deck that's like anti like druid or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like I don't know, I, I I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Feels bad. Yeah. yeah, Hearthstone very much doesn't follow the moniker of magic, where if nothing's broken, everything is. Like in Hearthstone, you very much get one thing is very broken, a bunch of stuff is kind of broken, and then everything else is kind of garbage yeah and then the percentage of, of cards you can swap are pretty different too like mm -hmm. five out of 30 compared to 15 out of 60 yeah it's it's way it's way more and so like sideboarding does have a bigger impact and then also like you just they like wizards of the coast prints cards that are like specific for for you to put in a sideboard because it like is good against certain strategies like yeah. you would never put it in a normal deck which Hearthstone vaguely has those, but they're vaguely has them. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't like it, boys. I'm upset still. Dylan's a sad boy. Yeah. I understood nothing that entire 10 minute segment. Five words. <laughs> Take us over to something that's a little bit happier, please, boys. Which is going to be, I think, the most unique investment we've kind of seen. I'm going to hand it off to you, James, but. As far as I know, this is the first time an American company has ever gone over to invest in Korean esports instead of the other way around, right? Yeah, they, like, I haven't. I had now. I haven't fact checked this, but in recent knowledge and recent history, especially with esports, I've never, never seen this happen. But Comcast, Comcast Spectacore, I believe I'm saying that right. I am Canadian. We do not have Comcast. I've heard nothing but bad things about Comcast Spectacore. Spectacore is what it, what it says in the article. Um, Written by Trent Murray over on uh, the Esports Observer, which is one of my definitely favorite platforms to go to. Um, Comcast, Spectator, and SK Telecom announced a joint esports venture is how the title reads. So basically, Comcast is partnering with uh, SK, SKT and basically absorbing them more or less. Um, they're, they're basically incorporating all their, getting all their esports teams, which if you've been sleeping under a rock or you just got into the scene, um, SKT has one of the 
most prestigious histories in League of Legends. They're the only team that has there are three-time world champions. Um, they have one player that has three stars on his jacket because he's been a part of all those victories. Um, hand it's Faker, who just got his own Twitter today. That's Fun fact. I, fo- I followed him immediately. Um, and I'm assuming that has to do with this um, because his announcement was all in English. Go figure. Um, but yeah, so it's not only that it only didn't not only didn't acquire their League of Legends team, but they also got their Apex team. Um, they're also a part of, I believe, uh, PUBG, Fortnite, Smash Bros, and Hearthstone. So they're kind of, they are, they are in a bunch of stuff. Um, but the big, the weird thing about this is, is that, and I'm assuming it's because it's Comcast buying SKT or partnering with SKT, not SKT partnering with Comcast, is that Philly, the Philly Fusion and Fusion University are remaining like totally unchanged. Well, that doesn't surprise me too much. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not like they'd ever change SK. T um to like Philadelphia T. No, no, but they are changing them to T one. Yeah. That's the which thing. makes sense though, because now it's just Telecom one instead of I don't even know what it, the SK stands yeah. for. And South I Korea Telecom. Sure the SKT was, uh, was their their previous like full name. So the SK initially, I'm not too familiar with what it means. Um, and probably South Korea maybe. I that would make sense. Um, I might investigate that later, but uh, yeah. So they're just going by they're going by T one T one Communications, mm-hmm. I think, is what their what their new team is going by. So um, yeah, like I mean, it's pretty crazy. This is a this is a really big move. Like I mean, especially for again, like we said, like a Western company acquiring or partnering with a. I don't think they outright bought them out, but they, they it's a joint esports venture. But they're definitely switching up the names and stuff like that. Um, I mean, as a bit of like a, a bit of like a I don't want to call myself a League of Legends historian because I don't think I'm there yet. One day, boys. One day, I'll get that. I'll get that title. But to see the SKT name go away is kind of it's weird. It kind of hurts me a little. Even it, for me, that's much younger, yeah. especially in the Korean scene. It still feels weird that they're changing that name. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, we have seen these major like superstar organizations come and go. Like Samsung is one. Um, oh my god, like the Taipei Assassins way back in the day. Like I mean, like there 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 is these big teams that have got come and gone and like they just faded into history, but like these guys really didn't. And they, that, that name st- stuck very, like very heavily in a lot of people's minds. Right. SKT, SKT faker is like, that's, that's a big deal. Right. So to see them switch over, it's a little weird, but I, I mean, Hey man, like uh Comcast, it's a smart move. Yeah. Like, I mean, SK, SKT right now isn't performing like top tier, but they're definitely looking better than they were. They're getting beat up by some of the young guns right now, but I mean, they still have faker who has showed no signs of wanting to quit and they've built a superstar roster around him. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, nothing really. Yeah. Bad. I'm not too, not too much to discuss. It's just something I think it's one of those ones where we just need to talk about it. Um, because it's just so big and kind of unique that it is kind of that other way around instead of, as you usually see, ten. I mean, especially within China, Chinese with the, them getting so much larger in esports, you usually see from anywhere around there that oh, they're investing in Riot Games, they're investing in this, yeah. that, and that. So it's kind of cool to see that Comcast, an American company, is investing in the largest South Korean kind of entity for esports instead. So it's just a unique one, yeah. and I think it's really cool. And I, I don't think it'll really have any impact on anything. Sure, the name changing and probably more money and maybe support from Comcast. No, yeah, Comcast. That's a, yeah, and that's the one thing I'm hoping for, too, is, like, SKT, like, a lot of these guys have stayed with that organization, well, namely Faker, because he's dedicated to the org, right? Um, he's very, he's, like, he, he's your typical franchise player. 
Um, so I hope the dude just gets more money for being so loyal to these guys. I really, because he really deserves it. He's won championships with a guy like, I mean, the guy needs, I want the guy to get a regular paycheck that's better than what he's been getting because I know they're not exactly the most funny because like the exodus of players going from Korea to China is like, it's, it's a very prominent thing because of money specifically. So hopefully this bodes well for, for SKT and their, and their roster with, for, for financial reasons, at least. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Dylan, do you really have too much to add to anything with that? No, this is just big American business. You know, getting into worldwide companies, it's fine. Is there? <laughs> it's fine. Is there anything either one of you wanted to touch on briefly before we kind of start to wrap up the show and kind of get into our big announcement? I guess more to say. No, I'm good. Go take it away. Yeah. Andrew. So I guess. Uh, this episode wasn't live stream. That doesn't really have much of an impact or anything kind of like that. But the reason that this wasn't live stream today because it's technically our first moving on to a new brand. So what I'm trying to say here, it's complicated to say it all. We are no longer be working with the game house. Um, we're separating on very good terms. We thank the game house so much. Everything they're still down on a, on a logo and all that kind of stuff. That'll be changing for next week and all that kind of stuff. But we are separating our own ways from the game house after the six months we went with them and actually starting up our kind of own media website, I guess was the best way to say. So um, we'd like to kind of introduce, we'll be doing a lot more about this on Twitter in the coming weeks as we launch, but popped off is going to kind of be our new home for all of our content. So we'll be now streaming on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. Um, we'll be going on a popped off YouTube channel. Um, the Twitter will still be staying the same, but we will be introducing a popped off channel. But really what we want to do is I know a lot of us, we wanted to start writing articles and making videos. And we wanted to start bringing other podcasts, content creators, writers, all that kind of stuff that really focus on personality and story-driven content, a lot like kind of what we do. Yes, we talk about the news, but we are a personality-driven podcast, and we want to help other people do that same kind of thing, and we feel like popped off and kind of starting our own brand is going to be the best place for us to really do that. So in the coming weeks, obviously, we'll start live streaming and going on YouTube for that, and we'll be launching a website um, mid-March, I guess, kind of the estimated time window for that. It's kind of awkward that we're announcing the brand before kind of going on all of it, but we need somewhere to host our videos. We need somewhere to live stream on, so that's why we want to talk about that today, but it is an ongoing process. We're really excited for that. We got a couple of really great content creators we're starting to kind of bring on with us. So we can't wait to introduce you to a lot of them. And I guess if anyone that is listening wants to be a part of anything kind of like that, feel free to reach out to us. We want to help give people voices of people that are just passionate about esports and really driven by obsession is kind of how we're describing it. And that's what we do here at Project Esports. And we want to give other people that same platform. So poppedoff.com will be coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll be advertising on Twitter. It'll kind of be our new hub of everything, but Project Esports as itself is staying the same. We're still going to be live streaming um, 6.30 Eastern time every single Monday. It's still going to be going live on podcasting platforms and YouTube every single Tuesday. So I guess I want to thank you to all of our listeners and viewers and all that kind of stuff and the game house for getting us to this position where we feel comfortable or kind of splitting on our own way. I guess this is kind of the next chapter of Project Esports and the first one for Popped Off. So I want to thank everyone that's kind of been a part of it. And I think all three of us are really super excited to start popping off even more than we oh, already man. do. <laughs> no, don't appreciate just, it. Just, just to clarify, guys, Project Esports is still going to be yes. here. We're not totally ditching project esports it's going to be under the popped off entity yeah and the good thing about being a podcast subscriber is that nothing is going to change for you all you're all still subscribed to us you're still going to get the episodes every single tuesday on every single podcast platform 
talk about iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all the good ones, even those 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 crazy, crazy Riot Russia ones. So really the best way to kind of be on top of everything is going to go on to twitter.com slash the esports pod. Make sure to follow Project Esports because we'll be making the announcement of Popped Off. We'll be um, retweeting, encouraging you guys to go follow that account because that'll kind of be the best place to not only follow Project Esports, but any of our other personal content, the other creators we bring in, all that kind of stuff. So do make sure to go follow us on Twitter to really get the full idea. We'll talk about it here on the podcast, but obviously we want to keep Project Esports the same as possible. So really making sure to go on and follow the content there on Twitter is going to be the best way to kind of stay on top of all of that. But with that, we kind of summarize our whole normal outro into that kind of conclusion. We're very excited for all that. And again, I want to thank everyone at the Game House for all the help they've got us to this point. But I'm looking forward to kind of starting popped off with all of you. And I hope you guys enjoy the content that's coming with that. But until next week, we will see you then. I'm Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. And this is a Project Esports podcast. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>